Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special episode of The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis, and producer Dave will be joining me momentarily. We're going to be talking Kirk Cousins and a quarterback contract extension. We've had a lot of news come in the last few days with a lot of different quarterback contracts, and we're going to explain how this equates to Kirk Cousins and how this is going to be able to help us project the Vikings forward. And let's bring in producer Dave right now, because I actually broke the news to Dave that Daniel Jones just got a four-year contract worth upwards of $195 million, the last 35 of that being in incentives. So Dave, we are in a very interesting position with the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, and obviously we've talked about him ad nauseum. But I think this is really important to have a conversation about because it's not just about whether you want to keep Kirk Cousins or not. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with what is it going to cost to keep Kirk Cousins and quite frankly, that price tag has went up over the last 48 hours. I can't believe the Giants buckled to that cost. Is Does that mean the mid-range quarterback now costs $40 million a year? We saw with Seattle, they extended Geno. He's making somewhere around, what, 35 You saw Carr went to New Orleans. He's getting, what, around 35 ish and I consider those guys mid-range quarterbacks. Obviously, Giants, yeah, I throw it in that same category. Is Kirk Cousins that mid-range quarterback? And can we expect him to play at that you know middle range, maybe lower tens, somewhere in there for many more years? Is he worth paying $40 million a year? Will he even accept paying? 40 million a year because he won 13 games last year. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, I really don't know what this is going to mean for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. It is a very interesting scenario. Now, I one thing that I find interesting is we can kind of look at the history of Kirk Cousins' contract extensions. The first one that he did, first contract he signed with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, three years. $84 million, fully guaranteed. And that's going to be a, a really key element to these contracts. That was an NFL record at the time. It was broken within days. I think it was about three weeks later, Matt Ryan signed his contract. It was like five years, 150. So he was already bested at that point. His next extension was $33 million in average annual value. That last year was supposed to be $31 million. They ended up prorating it. So it ended up being about a $32 million a year extension for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, His but last two of one, those years, or wasn't it this next one, where the two of those years are void? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I'm, so I'm not including the void years. I'm just talking the years that he's scheduled to mm-hmm. play and what that looks like from an average annual value perspective. That $32 million was a little lower than... Uh, what the the market was at the time, and then thirty five million was that he signed in this past March was a decent amount lower than what we were seeing from the top quarterbacks at the time. Josh Allen had just signed that deal for um, six years, two hundred forty some million, forty three million dollars average annual value. Uh, Joe Burrow looks to be primed to beat that. Same with Justin Herbert, um, and then Kyler Murray signed a deal for forty three forty four. Deshaun Watson got $46 million. And I think 
at that price point, considering what you're looking at compared to the rest of the league, that's not necessarily unfair. Um, but the problem is when you're looking at a guy like Kirk Cousins versus a guy like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, he needs a little bit more help around him. So $35 million for him is a little more hindering than, say, $45 million for Josh Allen just because of what you're getting from them out of the quarterback position as far as maximizing your winning potential because you just need just you need just a little more around Cousins. All right? So yeah, 35 what I'm saying is you can't count it as – Thirty-five million a piece ish, when we still owe him eighteen million, nineteen million after this, even if he's not but on the team. It's twelve and a half next year, and that's and just a dead cap. Six and so a quarter the year after. So nope, that it it pro it Dave it accelerates. So you're going to get well, all if, of it next well, year, and it's going to be twelve and a half million. Okay. So that, uh, what so happened that, to the six the and a quarter and? 2025 it it accelerates to 2024 so here's how void years work when your contract officially voids any money that is due to hit the salary cap automatically accelerates to that current year so there's two void years that second year just moves up to 2024 and 2025 you pay zero in dead cap so that that's how that works i think it's the 12.5 plus the 6.25 no that's only if we trade him. Then you still have to take that 6.25 hit this year, and it becomes 18.75. So in theory, the Vikings would only save $18 million in cap space if they were to move on from Kirk Cousins in a trade this year. And that that money can be definitely useful, um, especially because like if you move up, let's say, to pick eight and take a quarterback, you're essentially going to have about 10 extra million in cap space because you're going to have to pay that quarterback. So you get $10 bucks out of the deal for year one, and year two, you're getting about thirty. So, that, what I'm what I'm trying to get here at here, Dave, because we're kind of going in circles a little bit. Um, but I want to take a look at the quarterback contracts that were that have just been signed over the course of the past few days. We've had three contracts get signed and one franchise tag, and that franchise tag is going to really give an interesting wrinkle to this whole discussion. Now, Geno Smith last night. Mm-hmm. Three years, $105 million. He's going to get 52 of it in the first 12 months. And we don't quite know the structure yet. It, those numbers have not come out to over the cap, which I find very interesting. Derek was Carr. Good for Gino, though. I'm, I'm happy oh, for Gino. He waited the, so know, long the, the, in his career. I'm happy That's for a good Gino. point. I want to call people out because people are just yelling at Phil Mackey, like, why are you happy for Gino? And you're yelling at Kirk. The, the pe- those people are completely missing the point. And everything's going right over their heads. Kirk Cousins has made a, a ton of money. And the idea is, Kirk, you've already made a ton of money and set up the next five generations of your family. The idea is, hey, would you be willing to take a little bit less? Geno's never made a lot of money like in comparison to National Football League players. Right. He's made okay-ish money. And everybody's happy for him because he finally got to cash in. When honestly, he probably should have been able to cash in with the Jets, but he literally got sucker punched in the locker room during training camp. And that kind of derailed everything for him. Um, I think being happy for Gino and the whole Kirk Cousins things are completely separate. And if you end up combining them, I, I, I think it's very naive. And you should really reevaluate the why behind it. Because I say this all the time. The context of whatever you're talking about is almost always more important than what you're talking about in itself. 
Um, it's the context matters so so much. Mary, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to sign a new deal. I think he's going to. It's going to be somewhere like fifty million bucks that he makes next year with the Jets. Um, there's a chance he renegotiates it and they do some fun money stuff, but I doubt it. So we have Geno Smith, three years under with the five Packers million. eating a chunk of that. Yeah, it's like forty million in dead cap. They can wait till after June first to trade him, and it would be a post June first designation. But you have to physically wait until June second in order to make that trade, and I don't think the Jets are willing to do that. Well, so this, the we, Vikings got in trouble when they did that with uh, um, tight ends. Come on, David, your brain cells are gone. Um, Rudolph, they post made him a post June first cut, even though they released him about this time frame. And he went and mm-hmm. joined, and the NFL is like, eh, 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 that's not the way that's supposed to work. Yeah, um, but with a trade, you physically have to wait until the calendar changes. Mm-hmm. You, you can't designate a trade. And I think that's that's the one thing that's interesting. So now Derek Carr, four years, $150 million. If you take a look at the contract, it is basically a three-year deal worth $100 bucks, And that, that last year is for $50 million. So if he ends up balling out, and turns himself into a Hall of Fame type player. You're going to pay that 50 million, and by that point, it's going to be we're going to be like close, to like 280 million in salary cap space. 50 million is not going to be nearly as bad. But it also, after two years, they can get out of that deal with 27 million in dead cap. If they were to trade him, I think they can get out for less. So functionally, it's a two to three year deal, and that fourth year is funny money. Now, the Daniel Jones contract, this is where I think things change a lot for Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Four years, $160 million, $82 million over the first two years, and an extra $35 million in incentives. This year's salary cap hit is $19 million. But if the salary cap hit is that low, depending on how they structure it, I don't think there's any funny money in this. I don't think it's going to be something like, Oh, it's basically a two-year deal, and we get out for like a $5 million dead cap hit after 2024. I think this is a big boy contract, and I, I will f- gladly admit if I'm wrong. I don't see it being funny money. I'm actually going to pull up over the cap and see if they have it. Sometimes so over the cap, they have they have something ap- like immediately. Sometimes they don't have anything for a few days, and that's we're waiting on Geno Smith for that reason. They do um, not have anything on there. Yeah, and it, you know what? It's nothing gets over the caps. It it can be really hard to get something immediately, just due to the, what the nature of the business is. They'll probably have something by the end of the night. But if we're looking at Daniel Jones as a real contract, which it seems like it's a real four year contract, that changes things for the Vikings because I don't think anybody's going to sit here and honestly tell you that Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. The only thing Daniel Jones has is he's younger. And there's arguably a little bit more potential with him than there is with Kirk. Just because Kirk's about to turn 35, there's you're not going to get a lot of potential out of somebody who's about to turn age 35. They, they kind of are what they are at this point. And I think whatever growth we saw, we saw last year with Cousins. Um, and that's not an insult. It's just... It, no, it's and just that business. was mental. It's, it wasn't physical capabilities. Mm-hmm. It was mental that we saw the growth. And that's where we needed to see the growth last year. So I applaud Kevin O'Connell for that. We did see that. But I don't see – it's the physical stuff that 
you hit 35 and it starts to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have some new information from Ian Rappaport five minutes ago. Four years, $160 million. $35 million more in incentives. What those incentives are, we don't know. $82 million over the first two years. $94 million virtually guaranteed at signing. So here's what that means. And it kind of ties in with what the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins with that first extension. It was two years, $66 million, one year guaranteed at signing, but... At the beginning, oh, it's like five days into the league year when that first year was going to kick in. The second year fully vests and becomes guaranteed. So if it's virtually guaranteed, that's what that means. He's going to be on the roster because otherwise it would be an astronomical cap hit. So extra money is going to vest and it's going to become guaranteed. But it's not guaranteed at signing. It's basically guaranteed. So if Daniel Jones is getting $40 million a year, why wouldn't Kirk Cousins ask for 45? This is where Dave shrugs. Exactly. Like that's that's kind of where I think we're sitting. I am not Kirk Cousins. I've never spoken to Kirk Cousins, and I cannot say any of this with a fact. What I can do is I can talk about things based on historical precedent and based on how these situations have gone for Cousins. He wants to maximize his value. What he has done throughout his career. Oh, you want to sign me to a cheap long-term deal? I think it was like five years, $40 million when he took the first franchise tag. He's like, no, I could basically make that in two years with the franchise tag. Let's do that. I'll bet on myself. It worked. Turned into an $84 million guaranteed contract. Then he signed that extra extension, two years, 66, and then one year, 35. He's always tried to maximize his value by giving himself more opportunities to cash in. He's about to turn 35 years old, Dave. I think those opportunities to cash in are getting much, much less likely. So if I were Kirk, I would want to try and get a long-term extension. But here's the problem with the long-term extension and what these contracts are. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa wants flexibility. He was very adamant about flexibility at, at his press conference in Indianapolis at the Combine last week. Flexibility was the key. A long-term deal at 40 some million dollars a year for Kirk Cousins does not give you flexibility. It just doesn't. Now, you can play some fun money, but all of a sudden, you get a $20 million cap hit in year one, and you have a $55 million cap hit in year three. And that's, that's a problem. That is not flexible. That is allowing you to make a run for one year, and then you're back to where we are right now. So based on the information we currently have, Dave, I don't see a contract extension coming for Kirk. And another thing that makes things even more complicated, Lamar Jackson got the franchise tag today. Now, if you remember when Dak got the franchise tag, he got the exclusive tag, which is worth significantly more money. And it's worth like it. I believe it's worth around 40% more than what the regular franchise tag is. Regular franchise tag is 32 million bucks approximately. You go up, and you're looking at probably like a 45, 46 million dollar franchise tag when it's all said and done. If you do the exclusive franchise tag, that number gets set in April, and it's based on all the contracts in the league, yada, yada, bing, bang. I don't think, like, let me gather myself here. The Vikings. Being able to see Lamar Jackson on the open market is going to change a lot of things. Lamar just got the regular franchise tag. Anybody can talk to them. 
anybody can offer Lamar Jackson a contract offer sheet, and then the Ravens have an opportunity to match. And if they don't match, it's two first-round picks to the Ravens. Will Todd Munkin want Lamar Jackson at quarterback? He runs an air raid. It's not exactly what you'd call a great schematic fit for Lamar Jackson. But all of this comes into play because now you have Lamar Jackson on the open market. Aaron Rodgers is probably a New York Jet at this point. <laughs> and then what, do you, like, what happens with Kirk? Is Kirk willing to go into the final year only making that $35 million cap hit? He may does not he have want, a choice. Is, well, he does. He would be willing to waive his no trade clause to a certain team. Mm, true. And I think this whole thing is going to end up with the Vikings not signing him to a contract extension. And at that point, I think you're looking at a 15, 20% chance that Kirk gives them permission to seek a trade because he wants a team that's going to give him that extension. And I think we're going to start seeing dominoes fall. Will the Vikings be willing to move on from him? The Wilfs weren't willing to move on from him last year. Are things going to change this year? I think all of last year was to cement cement in the Wilfs' mind that the problems from the previous years were the environment, the coaches, Spielman, etc. They brought on Quasi and Kevin. They changed the environment. The team went out and won 13 games. So that, you know... You can do your algebra, you know, take away B, insert C, C does better. That means B was the problem. Um, for the most part, you could do that. Uh, I think that's the way they went. Now, at that point, they proved that. The question is, did they go, all right, at this point, Quasi, we're giving you free range. You do what you need so we can build up a championship quality team. We're going to hold off on you know, holding in your reins and saying, you can't trade these guys because we want to see, we want to do this experiment. We'll find out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm very intrigued to see how this all plays out with Kirk. Nothing that we said here is with absolute certainty, except the contract numbers. Those are already out there and they're going to impact the Minnesota Vikings. Like they already have. What is going to happen in the next week with Kirk Cousins and Quasi Dofo Mensa? Does Kirk say, you know what? Like, I, I see that Derek Carr is basically on a two- to three-year deal at about X money. I see myself at that level. Maybe I take a little bit less, and then I can make things more flexible for this team. That's always possible. It also could be, I'm better than Daniel Jones. I want to make more than Daniel Jones. Um, I, these are all things to consider. And there's also a potential... For the Vikings to try and acquire Lamar Jackson, which, let's be honest, would be incredibly exciting. Um, We haven't had a quarterback with any type of skill set close to Lamar Jackson. I mean, you could argue Joe Webb, but Joe Webb was not a starting quarterback. since Dante Culpepper. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people in this fan base have wanted a quarterback that can do multiple things. And that Lamar can do. So, will they want to prioritize Lamar? That would would be... Probably as much excite as excitement as Favre generated, if if there was a push for that. So, mm-hmm. mm, don't know. And if there is, Kirk has already probably given his blessing. Yeah, trade me. Uh, we don't know. Today is the seventh. It's Tuesday the seventh. Wednesday the fifteenth is the start of the new league year at three o'clock central. 
Everybody's got to be below the cap. All these decisions have to be made by then. So we have seven and a half days for the Vikings to get all this done and their duckies in a row so that they can start calling people in and introducing, here's our new free agent of the year. Come meet him, right? Because that'll start on Wednesday, you know, later Wednesday. So we got basically a week. Yes, Odie. They, you're, Dave's right. We got a, an entire week to wait. But the more well, we hear about in these, between. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be able to find all of that on vikingswire.usadaday.com, where I am the managing editor. And you'll also be able to find breaking news on this YouTube channel, where if I am available, Dave and I will be going live to talk about stuff as it happens, just like we did today after the news of the Daniel Jones contract extension and everything that happened within the last 48 hours. We are going to be here to talk about all of it with you. If I had to predict anything, I don't think anything happens with Kirk Cousins. I think he ends up just playing out the final year of his contract, and then they decide after the season what they want to do. And my guess is they're going to have to try and go get a quarterback or re-sign Kirk Cousins when he's on the market. I think Kirk is going to want to hit free agency and kind of see what his options are because I guarantee you, just like with Derek Carr, there will be options. Whether they're great options, I don't know. But there will be options, and he will have an opportunity to make a lot of money. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in on this special edition of The Real Forno Show, brought to you by Lake Monster Brewing, and that's Badass Wood Art. Have yourself a wonderful Tuesday. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.